is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you it's good to be on top. Welcome in. We are live here on this Monday, and it is a first place Falcons Monday. We have got a lot to get to. Obviously, the Falcons win over the Panthers in one of the craziest NFL games you'll ever see. Uh, Georgia takes down Florida. The ever-changing college football landscape. Shuffles of Wisdom Plus, I'm going to predict the college football playoff rankings that will come out tomorrow, or at least give you my version of what they will be. Now, uh, a lot to do today. Again, follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up to all the content there. We're on Roku TV as well. Download that Roku TV app on your Amazon Fire Stick or however you get Roku TV. Check out all of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Okay. Falcons get a win. Um, And uh, it was fun. It was exciting. It was crazy. It was gut-wrenching. It was, you know, heart racing. It was all those things. At the end of the day, um, no one's going to apologize for getting a win, uh, and no one's going to apologize for being 4-4 four and four at this point, and no one should apologize for the fact that they're in first place. Nobody should. Take it for what it is. Leave it there. That's fine. Uh, and we're not going to sit here today, and we're not going to underscore any of the things that I just said, because... What did I said all season long? Take a 30,000-foot view. 30,000-foot view says, at 4-4, four and four, this is freaking amazing. 30,000-foot uh, view says, uh, take the wins where you can get them. Doesn't matter how you get them. That's great, right? First place, take it how you can get it. No, none of that is all in the 30,000-foot view. All that looks amazing, and I want it to stay there. But, and there always a, is a but, folks. Um, you know, you kind of got to dissect a little bit of this. Uh, what we saw yesterday, and look at, in reality, you know, what this team is and what it isn't. Now, I went into this whole previous week leading up to this game, trying to explain to everybody who was screaming about Marcus Mariota throwing the football and trying to explain to everybody that, you know, anytime this team passes, you're going to get a lot more net negative than positive. That's just going to happen. Well, it manifested itself on the second damn play of the game. I mean, Mariota drops back, incomplete to Pitts. Mariota drops back, intercepted. That's why you don't throw with Mariota. It's going to happen. He threw another interception in overtime. Again. When you drop back to pass with Marcus Murray, and oh, by the way, the Falcons ran six total plays in their first two drives. They were sacked twice and picked off once. That's a 50% clip, folks. That shows up over the course of the game more often than not. This is a running team. It needs to stay a running team because that's how they keep themselves out of trouble. The Falcons got aided by things you can't count on from game to game, a defensive touchdown, missed field goal from your other kicker, missed extra point. I mean, you know, th- there was a lot of luck involved yesterday, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying be upset about being lucky. What I'm saying is, is that if you want to win more games than you're going to lose, 
you can't put those things in your formula. You have to sort of control the narrative a little bit better. You do not want to be a team with Marcus Mariota that throws the ball 30 times a game. It will end up making you lose more than you win. That's that's the bottom line. I'll explain it to everybody week in and week out for as long as I have to until everybody seems to understand what they're looking at because that's exactly what you're looking at. Now, I want to pivot, and I can guarantee you I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. And we're not saying enough about this. We, we genuinely are not talking enough about it, and it is obviously the biggest problem on this team. We knew it during the preseason. We said it during the preseason. And then we forgot about it because of the way the season started and because of what we saw unfold on offense. Folks, this defense is awful. It is terrible. It's not even the elephant in the room because it is so obvious. It's ridiculous. They're last in yards allowed. Second to last in yards per play. Second to last in opponent first down converted. Third to last in opponent third down conversion percentage. This is an awful, awful defense. Now, you can tell me, Zeno, we're missing A.J. Terrell, missed that and the other. Guys, it was bad before then. It was bad all season long. They've been getting outgained routinely this season. And because early on, other teams didn't convert that into points, means that you took you, you won games you likely wouldn't have. The Bengals converted it into points. The Panthers converted it into points. And it's going to continue to be a problem. And nobody's talking about it. I don't understand why. Because for all the things that we look at with the offense and everything else, man, you know, for an offense that's limited, and we know that it's limited, um, you better have your defense help you out. I mean, look at the Broncos, look at the Jets. Limited offense, limited offense. Their defense keeps them in games. Now, again, you know, completely different teams and completely different personnel on the defensive side of the ball. I understand that, but you see the point that I'm making. Your defense needs to help out your offense. In this case, the offense has been helping out the defense. Why? Because the running game keeps them off the field. Folks, this is why they have to run. Their defense is awful. And the more they're on the field, the more likely they are to give up points. That's the reality of what the Falcons are. You can't ignore that. You have to accept the fact that if they want to win more than they're going to lose, they have to not let Marietta throw. They have to run the ball to kill the clock, own the time of possession, and keep their defense off the field. That's how they can go out and beat anybody. And when I say anybody, I mean playoff caliber team anybody. That's the formula. you got to embrace it. And again, I'll give you the same caveat I gave you last week. Of the 15 to 18 passes Mariota's going to throw, you better go to Pitts in London. You got Pitts in London down the stretch in the game. Look what it got you. Big-time conversions, big-time plays, important situational football wins that you absolutely need. So, yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm going to ask Arthur Smith at the press conference today about his defense. Because he's got to be concerned about it. He's got to be concerned about it. You can't put that defense back out on the field with those numbers that I just gave you and expect to win on a routine basis. Won't happen. 
Again, let me head back up to the top. First place, unexpected. Four and four, unexpected. Top five running attack in the league, unexpected. These are all great, great, great things. Celebrate all you want. You deserve to celebrate as fans. But, the other but. Just remember what you're looking at. Because I want you to keep everything in context. In the 30,000 foot view, everything is is rosy. It's perfect. There are things that they will have to work on in 30,000 foot view to get better and better. To put themselves back into being a deep playoff team. And it might not be as close as we think. But, Take the win, take first place, smile, enjoy it, and let's go get another one this week. That's all you can say. That's all you can do. It's really, really that simple. I I don't want to complicate it anymore. We're going to dive into the defense a lot more this week because it's bad, folks. And I'm probably not telling anything you don't know. We're just not talking about it. But I want to start talking about it. And that's why I'm going to talk to Arthur Smith about it today. Forget about the offense for a second. And you can tell me stats be damned all you want, Arthur. I know what I'm watching. And so do you. And of course he does. But, you know, there are certain stats that mean something and certain stats that don't. And that's fair. All right. uh, We are going to get to the Georgia Dogs and college football coming up in a moment as well. I'll try to predict the uh, college football playoff. Uh, rankings when they come out on Tuesday. Of course, I'll give you mine as well. But first, a word from our friends at betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Got a Monday night football game tonight. Go to betonline.net. Check out the spread. It's somewhere between three, three and a half that the Browns are getting at home against Cincinnati Bengals. They'll have information on the NFL. That game tonight, college football, the World Series going on for Major League Baseball, the NBA underway, NHL as well, combat sports, esports, even golf. It is all right there. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, live in game betting, tips, scores, podcasts. They've got you covered. So much information, but you got to go to the website. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okie dokie. All right. Georgia beats Florida uh, in the cocktail party, as we all expected. Um, And it was a sort of statistical game that we all expected from Georgia. Stetson Bennett throws for 300 yards. Dewan Edwards rushes for 106. Brock Bowers has 154 receiving. Georgia was never really pressed um, other than what I found uh, to be Sort of disturbing, Florida, uh, Georgia turned the ball over three times. Um, and Florida scored 17 unanswered points in the third quarter uh, of the game. And uh, it was sort of, and part of the reason they scored 17 unanswered points because Georgia fumbled and then uh, Stetson Bennett threw another pick. I mean, you know, I'll say what I've always said. The only team that can beat Georgia is Georgia. Now, all that said, uh, you turn the ball over three times in this game against Tennessee, you're losing. Write it down, folks. Georgia better play a mistake-free game. Because if it's one thing that we know, and I backed Kentucky this week, thought they would cover the number, it wasn't close. Why? Kentucky made mistakes, and Tennessee made them pay for every single one of them. 
This is not an offense that you've really seen before. This this is a different offense than Bama. Um, it's different than than what we thought. Uh, again, Kentucky had three turnovers in the game against Tennessee. You know what Tennessee did right afterwards? Turned every single one of them into points. It's it's just it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, you know, this is a Tennessee offense that um, is going to give Georgia all they can handle and more. And if Georgia makes mistakes, they are going to get pounded. Uh, It is not going to be an easy victory by any stretch of the imagination. This may be outside of the national championship games, given what was at on at stake in those. Um, this is probably the biggest game of the Kirby smart era. I, I don't, I don't think that there, that is an understatement in any size, way, shape or form. I mean, this is a, a top five offense in the country by every metric with a Heisman trophy candidate on it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like playing Alabama again, but still, uh, this just feels different. And maybe because it's Tennessee and it's not Alabama and it's orange and it's not crimson, um, that we're, we're at least I'm looking at a little bit differently. Um, but Georgia cannot make mistakes in this game. They can't go 17 unanswered. They won't catch up. You cannot get in a game with Tennessee where you trade score for score. You're going to be on the wrong side of it. Georgia can't allow that game to unfold. Because if Tennessee can move the ball with that kind of ease on Georgia's defense at any point in the game, they can do it when it matters in the game. I mean, they're going to have to get after Hendon Hooker, make life uncomfortable for him, and and absolutely figure out how to force them to punt. Because <laughs> that's the real challenge, right? Um, they're They're going to have to get stops. And if I do anything, I go back and look at the tape of Florida, Tennessee, that game that was in Neyland Stadium, 38-33 final. That's where this game needs to be. You can't let Tennessee get to 40. And I, I know what I keep hearing about Georgia's offense and everything statistically and where they are. They haven't had to play keep up with anybody. Your offense is different when you play with a lead. Georgia's had the ability to play with a lead all season long, save the Missouri game. And that was a game they only scored 26 points in. See the difference, folks? It's easy to score 40 when you've already got 20 on the board and a three-touchdown lead. I'm not going to start talk about the, the opponents that they played because Tennessee's played the same level of easy opponents save Alabama. Right? So uh, it's not about the opponents they played. It's about... This offense has never had to be challenged yet this year to score other than in the fourth quarter against Missouri. Now they executed. I'd argue Tennessee's defense might be as bad as Missouri's, if not worse. Fine. But Missouri also settled for field goals, didn't score touchdowns, and couldn't score on Georgia's defense. Tennessee won't have that problem at all. At all. So... I am uh, I am I am optimistic for Georgia, but I am certainly guardedly optimistic. And this may very much be a game where Styles will make fights, right? 
I, I, I would tell you that if Georgia can dictate the tempo and the pace, they will be able to control the outcome of the game. If they play Tennessee's game, they're dead in the water. Do not get in a score-for-score score matchup with this team. You'll lose. That's just – it's simply a fact of the matter. If you don't think that, you haven't been watching a lot of Tennessee football this year. And trust me, I know Georgia fans don't watch a lot of other teams. I have concrete proof of that. So, and I'll explain that in Shovels of Wisdom coming up in a minute. But it was a it was a very, very uh, interesting Saturday, to say the least. We got some really sort of, uh, it was kind of chalky from a standpoint of all the teams that were higher ranked. One, nobody really got upset per se, except for Syracuse. They don't count. Um, they shouldn't be ranked anymore anyway. And Wake Forest uh, finally cracks the top 10 and then loses a road game to Louisville. So we saw the Ohio State-Penn State game, um, you know, and obviously the ranked matchup, Tennessee and Kentucky, but uh, all the higher seeds won there. So nobody really, you know, got upset this week. But we're going into a week of college football that's going to be very, very exciting. And, of course, we'll get to the college football playoff rankings as well. Um, but first want to remind you guys, before we get to our Shovels of Wisdom, that Locked On Falcons, it's an amazing show. Aaron Freeman does a great job. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Falcons your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts, as well on the YouTube channel. So check that out. All right, uh, we are going to talk some more college football here, figure out the college football playoff rankings. But first, it's time for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Hey, you know how we do it every day. Set somebody straight for saying we're doing something stupid. Uh, and you can do so on my Twitter account at Marksino M A R K Z I N N O. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. Today, my shovel goes to UGA fans in my Twitter timeline. Let me explain, folks. We talked about this last week. Um, how uh, Onyx of Oregon said that if the two teams played again, um, they would that that not only would the game outcome be a lot different, but that Oregon would win the game. Now I get that Georgia fans are a little myopic and I get that they are certainly, um, you know, very protective of their precious defending national champions. And I say that tongue in cheek, but I will say this much Um, folks, Oregon. (laughs) And this is why I say a lot of Georgia fans don't watch anything other than Georgia football. Um, They haven't watched Oregon since halftime of week one. They turned the Oregon Georgia game off at halftime of week one and never turned on another minute of Oregon football. Uh, I've watched this team very closely, bet on them several times. I've studied them routinely. This team is as complete a team as there is in the nation. Uh, and the the Oregon, uh, sorry, the Georgia fans on my timeline telling me I was an idiot for thinking that Oregon could be one of the three teams that would beat UGA. Um, well, you're just flat out wrong, and you clearly haven't watched any Oregon. I think the three teams that could beat beat uh, Georgia right now prior to this week of what we saw, and I said this last week, were Bama, OSU, and Oregon. Uh, I, I still have concerns about Tennessee's pass defense. Now, uh, and we'll go back to kind of talking a little bit more about this, but 
you know, the Georgia offensive line will be a huge, huge key because if they can give Stetson Bennett time, which I think they can, Tennessee's got a decent pass rush. That's why their secondary stinks so badly. Um, but, you know, uh, if they can force Stetson Bennett to get rid of the ball, they have a shot. But if he has more than three or four seconds to throw, those guys are going to be open all day long. That's the problem with Tennessee. I think their pass defense is a huge, huge liability. Didn't show up against Kentucky. Will Levis had one of his worst games of his career. Three interceptions, didn't even throw for 100 yards. But, you know, guys, Oregon is such a bear. You know how every team has a letdown game? Um, how, how they have a game where they just end up being closer in a game than they should? Yeah, um, Oregon hasn't really had that game this year at all. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, you could say the game against Washington state, but they scored three touchdowns, uh, in a matter of like three minutes in the fourth quarter to take a 10 point lead. And then Washington state sort of garbage touchdown one second left to make it a, a seven point game. So they've never really had that game. Folks, Oregon has scored 40 points in every single game since the Georgia game. They've won by double digits in every single game, except the Washington State game I just mentioned, which, again, took them a play on the last second of the game to not make it a double-digit win. This team is really good. Uh, It is really, really good, and it is scary, I think, how underrated they really are. And I say all that as we transition into the four teams in the college football playoff. Who would I put in? Georgia, Ohio State. Tennessee, and yes, Oregon. Oregon over undefeated TCU. Oregon over undefeated Clemson. Yes, absolutely. That team is, as when you're talking about, to me, the four best teams in college football, that's them. It's a tough argument to leave TCU out of it. I get it. They just went through an amazing gauntlet of beating four straight top 20 teams uh, before they played West Virginia this past week. Are they for real? I, I don't know. Is there a chance they could drop a game before the end of the season? Absolutely there is. And if they do, they're done for. It doesn't matter if they go out and win the Big 12. If they drop a game, they're out. No one's putting TCU in this thing. Now, what I think is going to happen when the rankings come out tomorrow is uh, I think you're going to have, and I'll go backwards, I think you're probably going to have TCU at four. I mean, I think you're going to have somewhere of of Alabama at six, Michigan at five, TCU at four, Ohio State at three, okay? And then this is the real question, folks. And part of me thinks that the College Football Playoff Committee will do this. They will put Georgia at two and Tennessee at one. If they do that, if, if, if they do that, man, is Georgia going to be using that for motivation? Oh, I mean, Tennessee fans better hope that they don't get the number one ranking. Tennessee, Tennessee fans better hope that it's just Georgia 1, Tennessee 2. And they're going to do that because setting up a 1-2 matchup in the regular season is everything that everybody wants. They're not going to make them 3. Georgia and Tennessee will be some version of 1-2. So I 100% believe that. 100% believe that. But why does Michigan get left out? Michigan hasn't really played anybody, guys. Yeah, they beat Penn State, but is that really starting to look like a win? I mean, they got the softest part of the Big Ten so far. Maryland, Indiana, Iowa, played UConn for crying out loud. Like, they they haven't beaten anybody. 
and the Penn State win doesn't even look that good anymore. So that's why I think Michigan's on the outside and Ohio State isn't. Not that Ohio State necessarily has beaten anybody either, but at least they had to play Wisconsin uh, and go on the road to Michigan State. And they beat Notre Dame earlier in the year, if that counts. Doesn't really look like it counts now, but Notre Dame was a top five team then. So, all that said, go give the nod to Ohio State just because. I think that's the top six when it comes out. Alabama six, Michigan five. Um, then they'll go uh, TCU at four, Ohio State at three. And I don't know what they're going to do with Tennessee and Georgia. I don't know how they're going to flip-flop it. I would tend to think that they would put Georgia at one, but if they put Tennessee at one, man, oh, man, this whole town is going to lose its damn mind. And I'm kind of here for it. Not going to lie. Kind of here for it. You guys know me. Anything for a good storyline. I'm in. I'm bought in 100%. Sign me up. Told you guys this before, but I need to tell you again. Thanks for making Locked on Falcons your first listen. Aaron Freeman, my boy, does a great job. In fact, we're going to have to talk to him this week because uh, we got some issues about this defense. But you listen to Locked on Falcons. You get all the best Falcons information. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. It's got the biggest stories of the day. Instant reactions like you'll get right here. Big game recaps and the take of the day. The Locked on Sports Today podcast available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. God, it's going to be a good Monday. We're going to have a lot of fun. By the way, happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe out there. Enjoy the trick-or-treating with the kitties. Um, dress up, have some fun, and uh, come back with us here tomorrow for another edition of A to Z. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-O. Follow the whole station at Locked On ATL. Don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up to the content as well. We're on Roku TV. Download that Roku TV app on your Amazon Fire Stick, wherever you get Roku TV. Check out all of Locked On Atlanta every single day. Back tomorrow with another show. You guys have a great Monday. Happy Halloween. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya.